Hi, and welcome to the Radiation Research Society vodcast. I'm here with Daniel Adje, yeah. and he, you are originally from Ghana, yes. but you are now a PhD student at the Military University of Poland. University of Science. Un oh, sorry, sorry, the Military University of, Te University of Technology, Technology yeah. in Poland. Um, tell me a little bit about how you ended up there. Well, good. I, yeah. I have worked with the Ghana Atomic Energy Commission mm -hmm. for past years, and then I have been a PhD student from King's College London, and then transferred to the Military University of Technology because the program I am in is a European Union sponsored program from, um, I mean, we get funding for PhD students, so it's a joint doctorate degree. Okay. And so our consortium is an ecstatic consortium which funds all these PhD program. And it's dedicated for EUV and X-ray science and technology. So we are basically into EUV and X-ray science. And this is the Erasmus program? This is the Erasmus program, yes. Okay. That's great. I know that's a big... Um, very big. Very popular <laughs> in Europe for lots yeah, of different countries. Yeah, yeah. And the consortium is doing very great. That's wonderful. Um, so now diving into your work. So yeah. this is your PhD thesis project. Yeah. And... Um, I have a title here, Design, Characterization, and Application of a Desktop Laser Plasma X-ray Source for Radiobiology Studies. Great. So uh, <laughs> what I want to know is, um, so this is, I mean, I'm just picturing like this little device sitting on my desk that I can use to irradiate mice or cells or explain this to me. That is great. That is exactly the model that we, we have built. Really? And, um, you know, for laser interacting with a, with a target, usually we have very big facilities to do that. But the aim of this project was to have a tabletop, I mean, device, mm -hmm. because we feel that radiobiologists are afraid of big machines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so getting a smaller, I mean, device for such experiments will be fantastic. And this is a very simple, which can fit on an optical table of about one meter square. Wow. Yeah. So you have the laser system on one side and then the irradiation chamber on the other side, which will fit on the table. That's why it's called a desktop. And we are generating X-rays in a specific wavelength. Um, for the sake of uh, radiobiologists, mm -hmm. the energy is between 280 EV mm -hmm. to 540 EV, so very low energy. Okay. The interest of this energy is it's highly absorbed by the elemental components of biological systems, right. like carbon, oxygen, and nitrogen. And that is the purpose of this device. And it's pretty working well. I have shown <laughs> typical examples or applications to induce strand breaks in plasmid DNA. So it's working, it's available, and it's dedicated for any radiobiology experiments. Okay. So whoever is interested, it's available. So it's available. So you are, does your lab pr produce this? Or are you working with a company that's producing this? Well, for now, we are producing it. Okay. We are still asking for companies who are interested mm -hmm. to collaborate with us and maybe commercialize it. So, I mean, I'm not sure about how it works in Europe, but you've patented this. It's, I'm or preparing the, the patent okay, for that. Okay. Yeah, it will be. It's something that a lot of people have recommended that mm -hmm. I do it. And so, so it will be patented very soon. So you have a lot of interest from other researchers around the exactly. world? Exactly. Like exactly. That. Now we are collaborating with uh, radiobiologists in Krakow. It's another city in Poland. Mm -hmm. 
uh, also with colleagues in, in Czech Republic, in Prague, to eradicate some lipid uh, membranes. Mm -hmm. And then, as I told you, we started with plasmid DNA where we induced strand breaks using the source. Uh, we intend to demonstrate the application with the use of cells itself, and then probably for further uh, radiobiology experiments. But for now, this is how it is. It allows you to eradicate your samples both in the vacuum condition, if you are dealing with dry samples, mm -hmm. or in outside the vacuum chamber, if you are dealing with wet samples like cells or like lipids. And it gives very high dose. The main features of this source is that it allows you to eradicate samples very fast, mm -hmm. in nanoseconds. In a nanosecond that is one shot, you have huge dose to your sample. Meaning if you want to do, I mean, eradicate samples in a, a very fast way to analyze, it's available. So is this only being used in vitro, or, or could you use it, like, say, in an in vivo situation? In vivo will be a difficult due to the attenuation <laughs> length of this soft X-ray. Okay, okay. I, I'm, so, I'm not too sure <laughs> yeah, about exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Then, but then we can go into very high energy X-rays mm -hmm. uh, if we change the laser mm -hmm. system and then using a different target. I will be glad if I'm allowed to tell you the target. The target is already patented. It's, it's a property of the institute. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's not a solid target. This is a gas path target. Okay. This target is very unique, unlike the solid targets which creates debris. Debris are the particles that are generated in the solid target when the laser interacts with it. Okay. But in this case, this is a gas, and the gas is a double-streamed gas path target, the system. What it means is that you have your working gas coming in the middle of the of the valve, mm -hmm. and then there is a second gas, which is a light or low-Z uh, gas, which confines this working gas. So you can have a stream of gas, and then the laser interacts, creates a plasma. Mm -hmm. And you know the plasma is a plume of ions, electrons, and uh, neutrons. And, neutrals. Okay. and they interact and generate the X-rays due to free-free interaction or bound-bound interaction. A lot of atomic processes go right. in there. Right. So the first thing is you have a very narrow bandwidth, somehow monochromatic radiation. The second is that you have a unique kind of X-rays. The third is that you have a target which does not create any debris. The fourth is it's very fast. So if radiobiologists are able to come out with a very fast technique of analyzing your data, then the device, because it's in nanosecond, okay. because you know, uh, radiation interacts with target, uh, with any uh, matter, starts with ionization and excitation, which is like in the nanoseconds, before pre-chemical, anal uh, I mean, uh, effects goes on down to DNA damage and so on and so forth. So if you want to study the mechanism of radiation effect, mm -hmm. then this fast system is very good because you can study the fast radiologic, radiobiological events or mechanisms. So this is very good for, for unlike the other sources where you have to do long time irradiation, like minutes before you take out your sample for analysis. Okay. Yeah. 
So something, I mean, this brings up many questions. Something you mentioned in the very beginning when you were describing this is that um, the reason that you wanted it small is because maybe radiation biologists um, and researchers are afraid of the big machines. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about being afraid as far as protection goes. Uh, how do you, you know, how safe is this as far as, like, uh, I know you said there's no debris, so, um, but do you, to, yeah. yeah, what about um, shielding? Do you yeah. have to wear something? Is this just going to be like a PCR machine that's on the on the bench, or is it going to need a special room? Or I am a radio. I mean, radiation protection expert. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, issues of safety and protection, it's something of much concern to me. Good, good. So this device, I can assure you, all the safety systems are in place. Oh, great. The the interesting thing is that in the chamber, it's a very thick chamber. Mm -hmm of about three centimeters thick of the chamber. So there's no radiation coming out. Okay. And then the radiation coming out in terms for the irradiation, it's even very soft energy, X-rays, which can easily be attenuated by even air. If we go into the higher energy level, like kilo, kilo electron volts and so on, mm -hmm. we have the means to keep all the protect, protective measures. So that is not a, an issue with us, so with the source at all. So this would be a, like a future? Yeah, for the future. When you're upgrading this There are to many high. things we can do okay. with, with the source. I mean, at the request of anyone who is interested. <laughs> um, first of all, I know people are interested in microbeam sources, mm -hmm. which I started my work with in King's College London to develop a microbeam source. So it is not a new thing <laughs> that we cannot do. One of them is in the future, we want to upgrade the system into a microbeam source and mount on it a confocal microscopy or whatever, so you can do lifetime irradiation and you know, look for the possible endpoints that you're looking for. Right. So that is a future plan, but it's not any difficult thing. We only want to demonstrate the application now and all the other accessories can easily be Put in place. So it sounds like your PhD, it's more of a bioengineering uh, focus, <laughs> but do, are you also working on um, applications with this, like looking at samples and, t and testing a hypothesis? Yeah, I, as I told you, I have demonstrated applications. Yes, so, yes. So, so I'm more <laughs> so or less... talk about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm more or less like involved in, you know... In both sides. In both sides. That's great. Yeah because I, I, I have been trained as a biomedical physicist, okay. so I, I have much interest in understanding the mechanism of mm -hmm. radiation effects. Um, for now, I'm not really looking into very serious endpoints or maybe some mechanisms or something like that. The first is to show the application. So you're validating? Uh, validating, the, uh, exactly. So um, as I said, I started with plasmid DNA. So I have irradiated two different DNA, PUC19 and PBR322, because they have different base pairs. So I decided to check, well, long base pairs and then shorter ones to see how the source will be very effective. And in both cases, it shows. The second point is that I irradiated this plasmid in, in their solution. You know, it comes with TAE solution. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. irradiated in it. and. If we look at when the, um, the plasmid was irradiated with dry, in the dry condition and in the uh, P, uh, TAE solution, the water solution, you see there's a huge difference, which is 
which can be associated with the creation of free radicals due to this uh, 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 soft X-rays interacting with the water molecules or the, t the TAE molecules to cause further damage. And this is a very known mechanism. So it's, I just wanted to show that these principles work. And it works for such low energy X-rays as well. So it's a, another very important area to look more into. So have you, are you planning on moving from plasmids to human cells or mouse cells? Or? Well, to cells for now. Cells. And next week, we, we're going to work with cells. Okay. Yeah, we collaborate. The, the difference we have to know here is that um, the institute is not a, a biological institute. It's an optoelectronics. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, so we are more into the development. Mm -hmm. uh, but now we want to collaborate because to work with cells of course you need this ethical clearance and mm -hmm. all this stuff in the institute so now we're collaborating with another laboratory who has this uh, opportunity to use the cells that's why i started with plasma that has no problem right, right. <laughs> yeah, but with cells now uh, we have to collaborate with this lab and they will come with the cells and i mean the samples and then we will test it. Is so this a lab within Poland, or are it's, you, it's are you doing any collaborations back with King's College at all? Not yet, because unfortunately, I might say that I lost my supervisor in mm. King's College. Okay. May his soul rest in perfect peace. Oh. Alain Michette, Sorry. yeah. Very fantastic man. I love him so much. Uh, so for now, I'm not doing any work with them. Okay. Yeah, because, uh, but then we developed a microbeam. It was almost to completion when he died, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But it's moved to another university, Imperial College. I go there most of the times, yeah, to collaborate with them as well. Okay. Yeah. So, but then in the future, I hope to develop my own microbes <laughs> as well. And Sounds really exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, um, how far away from finishing your PhD are you? It I am not like, far at all. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you've done amazing work for just a PhD dissertation. It's, it's not far at all. The only thing is to submit a thesis now. Congratulations. Thank you. So um, I should have actually finished last month, mm -hmm. but, you know, I lost my supervisor in King's College, and I, due to the arrangement with the consortium, who is funding an ecstatic program, mm -hmm. I had to, you know, go to my second university, which is Poland. So that resulted in a little bit of delay. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have taken six months just to finish writing and you know, complete some other administrative processes in the PhD. So yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, um, latest by February next year, I should finish. <laughs> well, I mean, the work that you're doing is so interesting for just a PhD project. I really look forward to seeing what you do in a postdoc sure. and in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and who knows, we might see these uh, desktop That's plasma x-ray sources in labs across yes, the world in yes, the future. Yes, we, we will definitely, we, I mean, we asking for people to, to, to come and, you know, Make use of it. Mm -hmm. It is available for 24 hours. It's, it's only gas you need as the target. Mm -hmm. And the rest is there. The laser works 24 hours. The target is there 24 hours. So the source is there 24 hours. Is this a s comparatively inexpensive to the larger machines? Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> no. Okay. It's not like that. Of course, it cannot perform as the synchrotron mm -hmm. facilities. Right. But then, uh, I mean, looking at what it can do, 
I don't, I, I, it's good, it, it will be difficult to compare prices, but it's nowhere near its encounter sources. But then, of course, the, I mean, the application will not be as so nice or state of the art like the sequential sources or facilities. Mm -hmm. But at least within the means, this is available for any kind of studies. I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, funding is difficult to come by. For sure, uh, that is the main in, You know, in labs across the world. I'm just curious if, if, some, if a lab wanted to do research using this type of mm -hmm. uh, x-ray source, would this be a more affordable option that's you more know, affordable. not not <laughs> right. More affordable in in context, but you know, not as as um, varied in application, but maybe more attainable for labs that don't have as large of a budget. Yes, I cannot quote the price, but um, right. the main the main the main cost will be the laser mm -hmm. system, which varies according to the energy, and then with the pulse rate you want or the repetition rate you want. Uh, if you want to use high energy lasers, then of course that will, give, that will increase the cost. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, the rest is just assembling of all the different parts. And it can be configured according to, your, to what you want. The interesting thing with the current source I have built mm -hmm. is that it is emitted in the vertical position. So you can place a sample sitting on, in this, on the stage like this. Mm -hmm. I know some sources are emitting horizontally and you have to, you know, depending on how you deal with gravity with your sample, because I know some are making controversy on the gravity on the sample and so on. But this is, for now, is in a vertical position. It can be made in any kind of position that you want. So it, that is also another I mean, easy thing you can do to manipulate the source. But in, the term, in terms of cost, as I said, mm -hmm. it is reasonable. It is reasonable. Laser sources are not so expensive, mm -hmm. so it should be. Yeah, it, I mean, it sounds interesting. It's so interesting, and I, I like that it's, um, you know, able to be designed to w what each researcher is interested, interested in. Yeah. in yeah. All right, well, thank you so much, Daniel, for thank coming. You. and. Yeah. Uh, and talking with us here at the podcast yeah. uh, for Radiation Research. Yeah, but let me make this final comment sure. <laughs> about, sure. about my funding agency uh -huh. that uh, I am so glad and I want to thank the Ecstatic Program and of course the Erasmus Mundus Program okay. who is funding this program, project. And then the Ghana Atomic Energy Commission who has given me the opportunity to study outside. <laughs> yeah. So these are the few things I just want to put on board. And I thank them so much. And you're always invited to Poland to use our source. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you for talking with yeah. us. Have a great day.